Welcome to Business Talk with Henrietta. This is the place where we speak with the most up-and-coming entrepreneurs to figure out how they've built the life of their dreams. And today I'm still on top of Manhattan, in the top of New York City, and have the pleasure to speak with Talia Wimet. She is the founder of We Met Through Talia, which is a high-end bespoke matchmaking agency based out of New York City and Miami. And she is helping successful businessmen find their perfect match. With nearly 10 years of experience as a matchmaking, matchmaker and dating coach, see, she has helped individuals recover from heartbreak, become an effective dater, find love, and navigate the inevitable challenges that come with relationships. So in this episode, we will talk about you, Thalia, as a founder of this company, what challenges you face as a business owner, and we also have to talk about dating, both from women's perspective and all the male perspective. This is so exciting. And also your newly launched book. And also if you have any other tips or tricks or advice for any other people who want to go into the same industry as you. Welcome to Business Talk, Talia. Well, thank you for having me. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, I have this big smile on my mouth right now because I think it's so exciting having someone like you on the podcast. And I've never interviewed any matchmakers or dating experts. So I'm really excited to see where the conversation goes, you know? No, for sure. And again, thank you so much for having me. I know this was so last minute and I know you're a busy woman. So thank you. You are also a busy woman. We both are. <laughs> and um Talia, could you just like get us into you as a person? Like, where are you from? How did you grow up? Like, what made you the person you are today? Yeah, you know, it's it's a crazy story because I was originally I'm originally from Canada, but I ended up in Atlanta, and I was talking to my mentor, and I was telling her how you know I don't love my current job because I was in tech, and I was telling her that I just feel like I'm not stepping into my purpose, and I'm I'm all about stepping into your purpose and feeling fulfilled, right? And she said, well, what are you into? And I said, well, I love to connect people and I love matching people. Mm -hmm. And she encouraged me to dive into that and actually find another matchmaking agency and maybe test out a different career path. So I ended up leaving my tech job. So I worked for the largest matchmaking agency in the Southeast in Atlanta and realized this was my calling. And after two years of working for them, I then spontaneously booked a one-way ticket to New York, moved to New York City, started my own company, and almost four years later, now we're here, and I have my own company, and I'm just feeling more fulfilled than I ever have. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But tell me, Talia, about your company. So what do you do? What does your everyday work look like? You're, you're, you're working with matching high net worth men with women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how does this work? Yeah. So I have it. So I specialize in working with men when it comes to matchmaking. Mm -hmm. I obviously have another business where I coach. I'm a dating coach and I help women and I help. So I basically help men and women, but with my matchmaking agency specifically, I help coach men and matchmake men and make introductions that are meaningful. And it's really what they're looking for. So my job is to vet and make sure that, you know, all the boxes are checked off and that the match makes sense. Mm -hmm. And another huge piece of it is really intuition. 
It's really coming down to understanding your clients and understanding their energy, their vibe, you know, because then if you understand their sense of humor mm-hmm. and you understand their vibe, mm-hmm. then that's another component of it. Yeah. And then you're able to introduce them to someone that you think they're going to vibe well together, yeah. right? On top of, of course, you know, same values, same lifestyle, all those things are really important. Mm-hmm. And then the other component of it is just making sure that they're putting their best foot forward. You know, it's my job to make sure that they're in a good headspace so that when they do go on a date, they feel ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's so interesting i think with all this you know dating world you know new person meets another person and hopefully you think you can you know get together and so what would you say is the the best you know advice for other people who who is dating right now like what 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 would what would you advise of course you this is a profession right so you advise differently based on who they are but but you also wrote a book about this Mm-hmm. So tell us, what what are the secret tricks to kind of attract your dream partner? Well, you know, it's interesting because I wrote my book. I was working with men, right? And I said to myself, you know, it's it's unfair that I don't reveal some of the secrets. I know so many things that men want. And I said, why don't I create a book for women that are single? And this will help them, number one, attract what they're looking for, but also reveal like, what is it that men really want? Why am I withholding all this information to myself when I can let the world know? So if you buy the book, obviously you'll find out more about what men are looking for, but you'll also be able to attract a different type of person. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. How is it for you then to work with, tell me who, who are your clients? Like what, what type of, what type of well, clients do you attract? Yeah. So to actually go back to your first question of like, what is the best tip just broadly yeah. for anyone dating, you know, yeah. whether you're a female or a guy listening to this, the number one thing to do with dating is to work on yourself mm-hmm. because you will attract mirrors of who you are. Mm-hmm. So as you are dating, if you are not working on yourself, then you're going to attract all of what you might not like about yourself and you might be attracting that in return because we attract mirrors. Mm. So my number one advice for anyone that's dating right now is to work on yourself, you know, whether that means get a coach or get a therapist or whatever that is, or if there's anything about yourself that you don't like, work on that and then get back out there and start dating. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So how are you, how have you worked on yourself Mm-hmm. Because as a business owner as well, you're you're kind of you are earning money on helping others mm-hmm. create a better dating life. So how have you worked on yourself to be able to do this? Yeah, great question. Um, I have done all the work you can possibly think of. Everything from having six mentors to having a therapist to hiring, you know, a healing energy coach of some sort. I have done all the work. And that's why I'm here to tell you, it's crazy how when you lean in and you look at yourself and you're like, what are the things that I could do better? You start to attract different people. You just start to attract better people because now you're becoming a better version of yourself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. So what would you also say is your biggest challenges then in, in terms of running this business? Because you sell memberships for your Uh, how can you say, matchmaking process. And then you also sell coaching hours with with women, right? I would say that the biggest challenge 
is turning down business. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes I know I can't help someone. Oh. And I have to have an honest conversation with myself and say, is this person truly ready to find love? Oh, wow. Or have they not done any of the work? And there's, no matter if I put the most beautiful girl in front of them, the most smartest girl in front of them, no matter if I, you know, gave them everything they ever wanted yeah. and I made this date happen for them, mm. are they ready? Mm-hmm. And if I know in my heart, the answer is no. Mm. I'm not going to take them on as a matchmaking client because then I know that I can't do my job, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So I think that's the biggest challenge is turning away business when I know that they're just not ready. Yeah. How do you, how do you matchmake? Tell us how, how does this process look like? Like if you would, okay, so say that you would matchmake me with Mm -hmm. someone, how would you do that? Great question. So (laughs) how would I matchmake you? Well, I would start by getting to know you. That's the first step. I need to understand your values. I need to understand your lifestyle choices. I need to understand like what's important to you, your interests. Then I get to know your energy, your vibe. Like, what do you think is funny? You know, your sense of humor, those things. So as I get to know you better, then I can match you with someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, but there's a lot of energy spent then getting to know all these women. Like what do you go to events? Where do you find all these women? You know? Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm fortunate enough where I've put in so much time and effort in socializing and going to events. I've built this massive network now Mm -hmm. that I just have a lot of people within my database and I just have a huge network. So I don't necessarily need to find people at this point. And if I'm looking for someone specific, it just kind of happens organically. Mm -hmm. Exactly. What would you suggest people to do uh, on a first date? Well, what is yours? Okay, say that you have matchmade me mm-hmm. with a person in your membership. Um, so what would you say, like, okay, would you suggest something to do on the first day? So how, how, how would well, you do this? if I was going to coach you, if yeah. you were one of my, so if you were going to go on a date with one of my clients and I needed to give you a couple tips, I would tell you for a first date, the first thing is to tap into your feminine power. Mm. I would tell you, to get really clear about how this is, this is not do or die. Let's not overthink this as a date. It should be fun. It should be exciting. And to just get in a place of peace before you go on the date so that the nerves don't kick in and you don't catch yourself oversharing. And I would also tell you to maybe do like a quick little meditation on your way to the date so that you're in a good headspace mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that you show up as your best self. Yeah. Okay, so your best self is actually where you are calm, you're not too nervous, but of course, if you're meeting someone special, you the nerves kick in. So, how do you control your nerves? Breath work. Breath work. Yes, breath work <laughs> is everything. I mean, even I'm a matchmaker, okay? And I've I know the dating rules, I know dating etiquette, and even sometimes like I get nervous too, and I remind myself yeah. that breath work is everything. Mm-hmm. If you take a deep inhale, obviously you want to be subtle about it. You don't want him to know, right? And just kind of bring your heart rate down, right? Because when you're nervous, your heart rate increases. You want to bring your heart rate down so that while you're on the date, you kind of bring the nerves down. Mm. And remember to not talk too fast. Because when you're talking really fast, it shows that you're nervous. And it also shows um, you not being as confident. Because confident people speak very slowly and they take their time. Mm-hmm. How, how have you, 
<laughs> how have you figured everything? Like, how have you figured all of this out? Have you taken some courses? Like, what? How do you yeah. know all this? I'm how old are you now? Like, I so of course I've taken courses, but also I've just practiced a ton. You so know, you've been I've, on a lot of dates. I've been on so many dates. I've. I've done dates so many times that now I feel like I am a pro dater, which is why I'm now happy to be able to teach everyone else how to date. Yeah. Yeah. It's trial and error. Yeah. You know, if you've been, if you have a lot of experience in dating and you've tried a ton of first dates, you get a better, better rhythm in mm-hmm. dating. Yeah. And also a question I wanted to ask you, like why, because when we're talking about business, it's also about, you know, helping someone. It's about solving a problem. Do you think this is making the world a better place or do you think like this solves an important problem and 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 why and how so of course it solves a problem i think the biggest problem is that people have a hard time meeting yeah because now because of covid you know we don't some of us don't go to the office anymore and we're working remotely and so i think that it does solve because now i'm the middleman right Mm -hmm. i'm now exposing my network and i'm now letting people meet other people without having to leave their home, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I do think it does solve a problem. And just to come back full circle really quick, I think if you are a listener and you're listening to this podcast, especially, you know, if you're an entrepreneur, if you think you want to become an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. the best thing that I could have ever done in my journey is stepping into my power and stepping into something that I thought was my purpose. Mm -hmm. You know, I had this thought that maybe, just maybe I wasn't meant to be in tech Mm -hmm. and maybe I was meant to do something different. Mm -hmm. And I took that risk and I tried something different and it really paid off Mm -hmm. and I've never been happier. Mm -hmm. So for any businesswoman out there that maybe wants to become an entrepreneur, Mm -hmm. I say, go for it. Mm -hmm. Because if there's any doubt in you that you're not fulfilled or that you're not living in your purpose, you have to remind yourself you only have one life to live. Mm-hmm. You don't want to look back on your life and say, gosh, you know, I wish I would have started that company mm-hmm. or I wish I would have hired that business coach to have helped me earlier in life Yeah, because it's just going to expedite you to get you quicker on the path that you're meant to be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I was going to say something about, you know, talking about becoming an entrepreneur and being that Mrs. Moment that you've always dreamt about and having that power and knowing your value, especially as a coach, you know, how do you set a value? How do you price yourself? Like, how do you know how much to, to take from your clients? Um, yeah. Because that's a lot of inner work as well. You need to know that, okay, I know that my service will help you. So how, what is your thoughts about that? Like, you've probably had a lot of rounds with yourself, like how much to to charge Uh, and it's also an important step for you so that you don't overwork yourself for well that's well that goes back to why i left you know my tech job and i worked for the largest agency matchmaking agency Mm -hmm. i think there's no better way to become successful than to work for someone else first who has done it well because when you work for someone first then you learn from them Mm -hmm. and then you're able to take all that wisdom and all the hands-on experience and then start your own company and then you know about what's the right price point. Mm. You know what you're supposed to charge and you also know what the market value is. Mm. And so if anyone's listening to this and they're trying to figure out, you know, what's the first step? First step is either go work for someone first that does exactly what you do. Go be their intern or go be their assistant or go work for them directly and be their, you know, mm. Mm. Um, or 
I say get a coach, get a mentor mm. that's already done it, that can just, I mean, obviously you have to invest in yourself, you have to pay, you know. Mm. I sacrificed a lot leaving my tech job and, you know, lost six figures worth of salary to go work for this agency, mm. but it was so worth it long-term. Mm. Mm. So that's my advice. Go work for someone first or hire a really good mentor mm. that's already done exactly what you want to do. Yeah, really good advice, really good advice. Um, how you talked about, you know, how to find clients and how you brand yourself. So you're out there, but you don't have a website, you told me. Mm -hmm. You only base your business on referrals. Mm -hmm. So tell me how, was how, why, and this was an active choice of yours, right? So how do you do that? And how do you make sure that the business keeps coming back? You know, I'm here to tell you, it's a very tough thing to do. It is not for everyone. If you're listening to this, like this is, I did a very high risk approach. There is something more balanced, more middle of the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, because there's a lot of time and effort that goes into it. It's your energy, right? You're constantly out. You're doing all these events. You're doing all these social things. Yeah. And it comes with a price. There's sacrifices. It makes your personal life take a second, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. second seat to it. So I think for, if I had to give advice on this, I would say, Your personal brand and how you present yourself in this world is so important if you decide to be an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And I think that's been the most challenging thing. Like you have to remember that, you know, what you post, what you put out into this world, the way you show up, like the way you dress, the way mm -hmm. you present yourself, like that, all these little things add up to your personal brand. Because there's personal brand and then there's your company brand. Mm -hmm. And you want to make sure that those two things are in alignment. Mm -hmm. So what is, I have this uh, question for you. So what is, what is the worst thing you could do on a first date or on a date? On a, a date. Yeah. So what I have found on first dates, the worst thing that people do, and this is men and women, this yeah. is just the ultimate worst thing you can do is overshare. Yeah. Because what you have to remember is that the other person doesn't know you yet. Like your friends know your character. They've, you know, you guys have history, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So like if you tell them something about you that is maybe not like character, you know, off trait for you, off brand for you, mm -hmm. they're going to give you grace because they're like, okay, she had a blimp, you know? Yeah. But when you're on a first date with someone, they have no history or rapport with you. That's so true. be careful what type of sensitive information you're giving away mm -hmm. because they have nothing else to base it off of. Mm -hmm. So oversharing is the number one thing I think that everyone needs to be aware of to make sure they don't do too much of it mm -hmm. on a first date. So what could, what could like be an exam example? What could you overshare to be like, oh my God, this is maybe a red flag. Okay. There's, let's just say you don't like your boss, right? And you are oversharing on a first date and you're telling the other person on the date how much you hate your boss. Like this is stuff that, you know, that person doesn't know who you are. They might assume like, oh, red flag, that person's a pessimistic person. Mm -hmm. They're very negative. So you want to leave those sensitive stories for your close friends. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. you don't want to share that on a first date. Mm -hmm. You want to be positive and like put your best foot forward. Yeah, that's yeah. true. What is the what is the best thing you can do on a first date then? The best thing you could do on a first date is number one, be authentic, mm -hmm. be you, mm -hmm. but also, you know, Make sure that you're in a good headspace. Mm -hmm. Truly, I'm a huge proponent of if you're having the worst day of your life with work yeah. or you're just having an off day, yeah. whatever that looks like for you, yeah. 
make sure to cancel. Just reschedule and be honest with the person. But I always think like rescheduling is a bad thing because if you reschedule or say, hey, I can't, then you will always, because in my mind, it's like you will always make time for something you really want, right? Mm -hmm. So... I, 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 I always believe that if someone reschedules on you, there's like, oh, they maybe had something else that was more important or like it wasn't, you know, high enough value of them or it wasn't too important. To okay, them. but let me ask you this. Yeah. Would you rather someone show up as the worst version of themselves because they're having a horrible mm-hmm. day mm-hmm. and then they give you 20% of who they are, mm. and you're having a horrible time because they're in a bad mood, mm. or would you have rather them reschedule, honest about why they're rescheduling, and then move it to the next day, and then they show up as their best version? Mm. What would you have preferred? Of course, I would have chosen to have the best version. <laughs> yeah, but like... Exactly. I am a very fond of... This is kind of also something current that is a problem for me. And not in my dating life. I'm not going to talk about my dating life in this podcast. <laughs> and it's about uh, you know my podcast scheduling I'm very I'm very fond of you know keeping my schedule like keeping my um, dates you know for for podcasts or for if I scheduled meeting up with a friend for a coffee we said we meet Thursday at 10 and I I would be there Thursday at 10 maybe 5-10 minutes later but anyways I would be there because this is what we scheduled So this also shows integrity and that I'm a commitment, commitment. I'm committed. I'm, I've said yes. And I mean that I'm coming. Yes. Um, So, okay. I hear you. And I think it makes for a good argument. So this is what I think. If you are having a really bad day before your date, phone a friend, mm -hmm. call your mom, call your dad, call your sister, call a very close friend, whoever you, whoever can somehow cheer you up that knows you really, really well, Mm -hmm. make that phone call and just see if they can get you out of that bad mood. Mm. You know, shifting the energy from being negative to positive. Mm -hmm. If that doesn't work, Mm. I want you to meditate for two minutes Mm. and just ask yourself like, what can I do right now to make myself feel better? Mm. And if that doesn't work, cancel the date. Okay, (laughs) okay. Reschedule, because then at least you you were, you know, intentional, you're even sending signals to the universe that you're Mm. trying to be a good dater, you're trying to make the best of the situation. Mm. And so, I think rescheduling should be the last resort. Yeah. But there are things you can do to try to get you in the right headspace. I get it. What yeah. are, what are the most what are the most common problems that your clients male clients face mm. in dating? Like what are they worried about, you know? Like people reach out to you to say, "I'm a man. I want you to find the perfect partner for me." That's what they want. That's their goal by hiring you, right? What, what do you face? What is, what is their biggest problems or worries? The biggest problem that I see is them not in this. And I have to be the one to tell them, you know, I'm, I'm the bear of bad news. I'm like, you know, this is really what it's going to come down to. And funny enough, cause it's our, you know, full circle, but it comes down to time. Yeah. Them not making enough time. I know, I know. But it's like the people that fully commit to dating and say, okay, I will miss this meeting so that I can go on this date because I am already successful. I already have a great business. I am already doing this and this and this. Okay, well then great. Then we can reprioritize a little bit of your Mm -hmm. time and energy Mm -hmm. and make more time for your personal life. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what they struggle with the most. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and it's an easy fix. Mm. This isn't like a character flaw. It's not about their confidence or that no. they're doing anything wrong on the day. It's just no. that they just don't prioritize it. Correct. And then I'm here to tell them, we are going to prioritize this. You've already invested in this. Mm -hmm. Let's lean in mm -hmm. and then let's get you some results. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then see what I'm saying? It's an easy fix. Yeah. Well, well, I think this is, this can be very common for men. Like, because I think this is quite controversial. Maybe like putting everyone in one calm light. I think women, we are born with this curse that we need to have pain every month for our menstruation. And men are born with the curse that they need to work really hard to attract that woman, right? <laughs> and they think that they need to work so hard and build their business and do these things and are, like they prioritize business over everything. Mm -hmm. But that makes like their personal life be, be like shit, right? So why, what is your take on this? Like the difference between this, this masculine thing that men need to work really hard to attract the right woman or attract women and women. Yeah. yeah like, I mean, I do think it's all balance at mm -hmm. the end of the day. Mm -hmm. um, and by the way, I don't think anyone has a curse. <laughs> no, 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 I, no agree, one, I agree. But no one like has a curse. No one has a curse. Edge, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, no one has a curse. I just think that there's, um, I think there's balance in all of that. Mm -hmm. like, people need to make sure that there's, okay, yes, building a successful career is important to women. Mm -hmm. Women do care about that stuff. Mm -hmm. Women want stability and they want protection. Mm -hmm. And how can a guy give that if he doesn't have a job and he doesn't have a career? Mm -hmm. So I think it's important for men to focus on their career, mm -hmm. but I just think we need to make sure we have space for dating and mm -hmm. have you know space for love. Mm -hmm. That's important. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about your book because now I'll ask you a little bit about like what's what's the main problems you uh, men meet. Okay, we say that's time. That's what you meet the most. Um, what what problems do women meet in their dating life? So, you know, the book really it's interesting. The book is kind of like this. I am going to if you read the book you'll notice that I'm hyping you up. Like in the beginning of the book, I hype you up. I'm going to make you feel really good about yourself and we're going to feel great. I'm going to be your biggest cheerleader. And then halfway through the book, I am going to be extremely brutally honest and tell you everything you've done wrong. And then at the very end, I'm going to build you all the way back up and tell you exactly how to fix it. And I'm going to be your biggest cheerleader again. And I'm going to make you feel like a million dollars. And so we're going to go through this roller coaster together of feeling good, having a realization, having an epiphany, and then feeling good again. Mm. Mm -hmm. So this roller coaster. Yes. It always ups and downs, right? Well, because, you know, the book for the first time, this book is going to be a resource for women. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a guidebook. Mm -hmm. And if you read it and you take it seriously, your whole entire love life can change mm -hmm. because I'm truly revealing what we as females need to work on mm -hmm. and what works. Can you share some of it now? Yeah, I mean, I already shared some of it about, you know, um, I think something that we can talk about is practicing discernment. You know, we all have intuition. We all have this thing called gut feeling. Everyone calls it something yeah. different. Yeah. And, you know, even in business, we have it. When we make new friends, you know, we get that gut feeling like, ooh, something might be off with this person. Like, we all have that knowing, right? Mm -hmm. And it's about practicing that gut feeling mm -hmm. into our love lives. Mm -hmm. You know, if... All of your friends are telling you, 
oh, I got such a weird vibe about him. Or, you know, did you not pick up that he was this and this and this? And it's like, in the book, I really hone in mm -hmm. on how to practice discernment and mm -hmm. how to listen to your gut feeling mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and to not ignore that feeling of knowing. Mm. And in the book, I also talk about checking in with yourself. Mm. You know, after these dates, check in with you and tap in and say, okay, how did this person make me feel? Were there moments in the night where I felt uncomfortable? I didn't um, feel seen. I didn't feel heard. You know, all these things in the book, I, these questions that you should ask yourself mm -hmm. after the date so that you can get a better understanding of, is this the right match for me? Yeah, true. But it's also really hard to know that after one date, you know? Yeah, you have to go on a couple of dates. Yeah. I mean, have you heard that saying, it's like, date him until you hate him? Have you no, heard that? Date him until you hate him? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> obviously that's a little aggressive, but yeah. what it means is more so, you know, after a first date, you don't really know someone. Mm. So go on maybe three dates with them and then make a judgment call. Mm. Obviously though, if there's major red flags on the first date, do not go on a second date, mm. but give someone a chance. Yeah. You know, sometimes if you, if you go on a date and you're like, eh, that was okay. What is a red flag well, for you? Well, hold on. If you go home and you're like, eh, that date was okay, yeah. but it wasn't bad mm. and there was no red flags, give that person another chance because mm. you never know, mm. you know? Yeah. What's a red flag for you? So let's talk about red flags. This is a good conversation. Yeah, it's a good it's one. It's so juicy, it's a right? It's like red flags. Okay. <laughs> so red flags are signals that mean that this is not in alignment for you. Yeah. And my red flags are going to be very different than yours. Just yeah. like your red flags are gonna be different than mine because our needs are going to be different. True. Now, one of the red flags I think should be, it could be like for everyone, mm. is if somebody gets hammered on a first date, mm. that should be a red flag. Yeah. Because it's like, okay, does this person have a drinking problem? Or do they not know how to handle stress properly? You know, coping with stress, nerves, whatever that is. I think that that should be a red flag for everyone. Is how someone indulges on a first date. Mm, mm, mm. True. Mm -hmm. What what kind of reactions have you gotten from people out there? Like this is your profession, right? You're you're running a business on this. What what reactions do you get from your friends or your family or people around? Oh. Interesting question. How their reaction? I mean, yeah, I think they I just love to talk it. More about you. What? They just love it. They just love it. Yeah, they yeah, love yeah, it. Yeah, They're yeah. like, Talia, tell me more. Like, I want to know more yeah, about what's going on. And you know, they love to learn about my business and how it works. And they just, I think they also are just curious because it's not a normal career path, right? Like, how many matchmakers do you meet per week? Mm. Probably none. Mm, exactly. <laughs> so, You're right. Quite unique. So it's like a mysterious career path, right? But, um, Everyone's very, very support, supportive, and um, I'm very lucky that my parents fully supported me. They were like, I mean, they didn't financially support me, but they were like, you know, whatever you need, like if, you know, they just, they didn't judge or question my, you know, me leaving tech into getting into this matchmaking space. They were like, well, if you think this is your calling, go for it. it. Yeah, yeah, go for it. You, yeah. you know, I did it in my 20s. I can always bounce back. Yeah. If it didn't work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. How was it to land your first client? Oof, I'll never forget. Um, landing my first client was one of the most exciting things for me because it's so different when you're working for an agency and you've got, you know, you've got such an umbrella over you, yeah. right? True. And 
but when you start your own company and then you land your first client, it just feels like the biggest win of all time. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like, it feels like a reward from the universe that you're doing something right, you know? So it was a great feeling. I definitely celebrated. Oh, how nice. How, how many years have been, you've been doing this now? I mean, I've been doing this my entire life, truly, but professionally half a decade, a little yeah. over that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Like, don't yeah. you get like <sighs> tired of it or don't you want to renew yourself in something new? Of course, you've, you've written a book, but like what's, because you're, do you have anyone on your team? Like, do you feel lonely? How, how, how is this? Yeah. No, I mean, I love what I do. And it doesn't feel like a job because I'm, I'm convinced that when you find something that you're meant to do mm. and that you're good at and it doesn't feel like a job, you won't get tired of it. Yeah, that's true. You know? Mm. And so, um, no, so I don't have anyone that works for me. I don't have matchmakers that report to me. I kept it very small and bespoke. I only work with 10 clients at a time because I love the one-on-one. -on -one. I love that I actually know my clients mm. versus if I scale the company and I hire a bunch of matchmakers that report to me, then I'm disconnected from the whole process. Mm. You know, I don't, I don't know my clients at that point and it's not, it's not as fulfilling. And I love when my clients invite me to the wedding and I love that I actually know them and I was part of their journey. Oh yeah, girl, we just had a wedding. Oh, like yeah. in June, yeah, yeah, yeah. With one of a, your matchmaking. Yeah, one of my matchmaking clients got married and it was just the most beautiful day. You know, it's, I remember when in front of everyone, he was like, you know, I wouldn't be here. The groom said this, he was like, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Talia. And I just like, Waterworks over here, just yeah. immediate, yeah. and it's it's so heartfelt, you know. What does it do? What do you do if one of your because obviously matchmaking is a risky business as well. Like, what if the matchmaking doesn't go well or that they don't like each other, and you say, "I'm sure you will like this," but then they don't. What do you do then? Like, well, you know, well, yeah. Like, in what way are you saying? Like, like if one you of match, the matches? Yeah, you match someone uh -huh. and then it doesn't work out or you're I mean, that's like... rare. That's rare. But if it doesn't, if for whatever reason they go on a couple dates and they don't hit it off, it's like, okay, well, let's move on to the next. Mm. Like, let's maybe, let's go over what you liked about her, right? And then let's go over what you didn't like. Mm. And then I will make sure that the next person Will has... not be like that. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But that's an easy course, correct? Okay. Yeah. Cool. How is your daily life? Tell me, give me like a little insight into your routines. How do you keep yourself sane as a, as a business owner? Oh my God, that's so funny. Well, two, those are two different things. What is my day-to-day -day versus how to keep myself sane? Yeah, okay. First take day-to-day -day and then sane afterwards. Day-to-day, -day, great question. So day-to-day, -day, you know, with my job, it never looks the same mm -hmm. because either I'm interviewing people yeah. or I am out at an event mm -hmm. or I'm doing a podcast mm -hmm or I'm working on the press release stuff for my book. So my day-to-day -day is never consistent. Like I don't have a nine to five, right? Like sometimes I'll have the mornings a little bit more open, but then I'll work until midnight mm. and vice versa. So my day-to-day is never the same. Mm -hmm. um, and then as far as what keeps me sane, working out, having mentors, having community, having close friends, I think working out is a huge part of it. Making sure your mental health is okay is going to determine how successful you get in life. Mm -hmm. 100%. That was deep. <laughs> that is deep, but, but it's, it's real. so true. It's so true. Your mental health equals your level of success. 100%. Because if you're feeling good and yeah. you're feeling confident, yeah. that pours into what you do for work. 100%. Totally. Like, I had a long podcast day today. You are my last guest 
today you're the fourth one of a day and that is a lot for me mm. because I spent a lot of energy in one podcast but before I did this I did my workout I had my healthy oatmeal that I always do and like do all these rituals and like make sure that I will have this calm space in myself before doing something that's going to require a lot of energy mm. so definitely a good tip to keep working out keep yourself healthy yeah yeah Oh, for sure. <clears throat> and Where making are you? Sure, what? And just even to piggyback off that, making sure your mind is right. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. like whether I don't have a therapist anymore, but I loved having one. Like she yeah. was great. And I think having a therapist or doing yoga, doing breathing exercises, whatever it is for you or for you that makes sense and that feels good to you, making sure that your mental health is good. Hundred percent. Yeah. Where are you in? Um, I want to ask you about your goals and like in life. Where are you in five years? So my goals in life with this company, well, I'm trying to build a huge empire around this bespoke agency. So everything from, you know, I wrote my first book and it's called How to Attract a Dream Guy. Mm -hmm. And then I'm working on my second book. And I'm also, I created a masterclass, like an online course that women can take. So, you know, if you're a female and you're listening to this and you want to go a little bit above the book and you want to go even deeper, mm -hmm. you can join this online course. Mm -hmm. And... It will teach you everything. And you get to meet with me monthly for coaching in a group coaching session. So the masterclass, the course is phenomenal. And I'm just building. So in the next five years, to answer your question, I'm just building more products to help more people. Mm -hmm. And the goal is to end up um, actually reaching universities to have a course. Wow. To Yeah. Because cool. think about it. Yeah. The, the two most important decisions in your life is who you marry and your career. Oh, course it it determines your happiness yeah. it determines your peace of mind yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And, your life partner yeah and so i'm thinking to myself why is it that universities don't teach you how to date mm -hmm. they don't teach you what's considered a good match for you or parents don't know what they're doing either so it's like the blind leading the blind yeah, right that's true so we just kind of learn how to date mm -hmm. on the go and i was thinking how cool would it be to create a product so that universities can use and have a course on how to date so that we can decrease divorce rates. We can yeah. help people get better at dating. Mm. And also help people not feeling so lonely because I think what's been fascinating about being here in New York, I think the dating life here is quite, I don't know how to describe it, but people tell me that they've been on so many bad dates and that there's like, I feel like everyone here is single. <laughs> In this city. I don't know why. But. Well, I'll share with you what I've learned is that living in different cities, each city has its own challenges in dating. Yeah, that's true. They're different, but they all have their own challenges. Mm. So the LA challenges are different than the New York challenges. The Miami challenges are different than the London challenges. So it's all different. But I just think that people aren't dating correctly because they don't know any other way. Because mm -hmm. we don't have resources. We don't have tools. Mm. So, and that's where you come in. That's where I come in. Yay! Yes. And we're heading towards the end. I want to ask you, like, what's your? Well, we've we've tapped into it a bit, but I'll ask you again. Like, what's your best advice for others who want to go in the same path as you? You know, what if they think that they're made for matchmaking like you? Yeah. How, well, what is your best advice to go into this industry? Oh my gosh, great advice. Okay, so for someone who wants to become a matchmaker or a dating coach. My, to go back to what I said earlier, go work for someone first. Mm. I mean, I would not be as successful as I am today had I not learned from the best. True. 
I mean, it's just like anyone who wants to be a real estate agent, go work for Sotheby's, go work for someone who's done it right and who knows what they're doing and then start your own brokerage later. It's the same concept. And so I would say, go work for someone, go learn. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some sacrifices along the way, financial sacrifices, but it's so worth it when you think about the long-term vision. Mm, 100%. I'm gonna give you also the last question, which I also ask all of my uh, guests, and that is if you got $1 million right now to spend on whatever you wanted, business-wise, personal-wise, what would you spend them on? If I had a million dollars right now, I would, well, I'm very charitable and I'm very generous, and I would definitely want to donate to Lauren's Kids. That's a nonprofit that really resonates with me. Mm. Um, And I've been following this nonprofit for years. I mean, since 2011, actually. Mm. So that would be, that was my first thought. Um, Second thought, you know, I would help my parents. I would do something like that. And um, I would probably pour more money into the company and have more master classes coming out just to be able to help more people. Crazy good. Thank you so much. Should we end with like one little spicy thing like for our listeners, like <laughs> say that you're a single man or a single woman listening to this mm-hmm. and you want to go on a date. Like what, what should they do? Something spicy. You know what? I will give you guys something spicy. Yeah. This is so controversial, but I'm here for it. Stop sleeping on the first date. Stop sleeping. Stop sleeping together. Oh, sleeping together. Stop sleeping together on a first date. People in Norway need to listen to this. Yes. I build a foundation first. Yeah, yeah. Get to know the person before being intimate with them. Yeah. Like, and I mean that for guys and for girls. It's not like a one or the other. It's literally just a first dates are not meant to have sex. Mm -hmm. First dates are a place for you guys to see if you're in alignment, if you're a good match for each other, and also just Kind of just see if there's a vibe, right? Is there good energy flowing? But not having sex on a first date. That is my ultimate spicy tip. <laughs> it's a good tip. It's it's not spicy. I think it's yeah. um, reasonable. It's reasonable. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> hey, high five. Where can people find you if they want to connect? Or... Oh my goodness, yes. Find me on Instagram at T-H-A-L-I-A-O-U-I-M-E-T. Just find me on Instagram. Yay. Cool, I'll link it down below and see you guys in the next episode. Bye.